Our text this evening will be from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and we'll read verses 9 through 11. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. There's a lot of activity going on in those few verses. And what seems to jump off the pages is a question that was asked. I... In preparation for this, I came across an English grammar website called Preply, and they have a web page titled The Four Main Types of Questions in English. And it caught my attention, and, and uh, I'd like to share just a little bit about that. I learned that there are yes or no questions. Actually, I didn't learn that. I know that. Uh, they call those general or yes or no questions. And an example would be, are, are you hungry? And yes is often the answer for a question like that. And then there are choice questions, such as, uh, do you like vanilla or chocolate ice cream? And yes works for that, too. For me, it does. And then they have uh, what they call special questions, which begin with a certain word to ask a specific question. And that certain word would be who, what, when, where, why, and how. Way back in 2007, a long time ago, but I can still remember this. I sent a text message on my old cell phone to my brother on his birthday. And I texted him and I said, happy birthday. And he responded fairly quickly and said, thank you very much. And a few hours later, I got a text from my brother and he asked, who is this? And um, to this day, I, I try to remember to attach a, a name uh, with a contact, my contact list on my phone. And by 2011, I had really stepped up with technology, and I bought my first smartphone, an iPhone 3S. That's an antique now, but it was new to me then. And uh, I, I was in the Sacramento airport getting ready to fly to Portland, and I saw a uh, Dos Coyotes Taqueria, a little bit of Spanish lingo for you there. And um, when I saw that, I remembered that my son-in-law, Justin, had ate there uh, when he flew through a few months prior to that. So I took out my smartphone and I snapped a picture of Dos Coyotes Taqueria, and I sent it to him. Uh, I thought I sent it to him. And uh, I got on the plane, turned my phone off, and when I got to Portland, 
I received a text from a complete stranger asking, who are you and why did you send me this picture? Uh, That's two special questions. And I learned that smartphones don't know if you enter the wrong phone number into contacts. Um, The question in the word that we read here tonight is a question that many people ask even today. Who is Jesus? Who is this? They may not even know to call him by his name, but they they may drive by a, the church and they wonder, what's going on there? What, what's that all about? Who, who Who is this? And it's not the first time that uh, people ask this question about Jesus, and, and he acknowledged that when he asked his disciples, and we can go back a few chapters in Matthew chapter 16, and and it says that when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? You know, so often the the conversation that the Lord initiates with people begins with a question. And that's what Jesus was doing here. He asked them a question, and and they said, well, some say that you are John the Baptist, and some say Elias or Elijah. Uh, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And you can, you can almost imagine hearing uh, that conversation as the disciples were actually talking amongst themselves. Well, I heard this and I, I heard that. And they were sharing that with Jesus. And Jesus just let them talk for a moment. And, and some of the, the names that they threw out there, 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 there was a scriptural basis for that. Uh, we read back in the 14th chapter of Matthew that when Herod heard that Jesus was out preaching and the miracles that Jesus was doing, it says that Herod thought that John the Baptist came back from the dead. This was the Herod that killed John the Baptist. And the coming of Elijah, we read about that in the Old Testament book of Malachi. He mentions that Elijah will come in the last days before the day of the Lord. And and so this was out there, and this is what people were saying. But Jesus had a, a second question for them. He, he didn't talk to them uh, about what, they, what their response was. But he had a second question for them, a, a special question. And this question was more about what their faith was like. What they actually thought about Jesus. What their commitment was to follow and their desire to follow him. And so Jesus asked them this second question. Whom say ye that I am? What a question. And I'm, I'm sure the disciples, they, they could think back over the, the last couple years of Jesus' ministry and the time that they had spent with him. At this point in time, Jesus was just months away from Calvary and, and his ministry was coming to an end and the disciples could look back and, and they could remember the, the multitudes that followed Jesus. They, they could remember the miracles that, that Jesus did. Uh, we read that he healed all who came to him. Uh, that was impressed upon their mind and in their hearts. They saw Jesus feed the 5,000. What, what an amazing thing to have been with Jesus and, and seen these things. They saw 
the lame man healed. And Jesus says, go and sin no more. They heard that. That Jesus talked about that. He, he forgave the woman that was caught in adultery. And he, and he said, go and sin no more. Surely that registered in their hearts and in their minds. And they could think back on these things. They remember his teaching. And no one ever taught like Jesus taught. I remember the soldiers that, that came to report to the high priest that were given the task to go and take Jesus. And they came back and said, no one's ever talked like this man before. No one ever could, no one ever taught and preached like Jesus. They had never met anyone like Jesus. Simon Peter spoke up. He seemed that he answered for the group when Jesus asked that question. He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And that seemed to be the answer that Jesus was looking for in order to take it one step further. And he began to tell the disciples the reason why he was here, why he came to earth in the first place, why his ministry uh, was and how he healed people and how he ministered to people. And it was all aimed at this one central point that he came to for Calvary. He came to suffer many things, he told his disciples. He told them that he would be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and that they would kill him. But after three days, he would rise again. This was the reason that Jesus was here at that time. He wanted his his disciples to know that. He wanted to know, are you with me on this? Will you be with me? Well, Peter, not only was the spokesman, he, he reacted to this. He strongly objected to what Jesus said. He said, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Jesus, Peter recognized that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. But Peter had in his mind other plans that, that should take place. Here was Jesus, the miracle worker. Well, he could do anything. He could set up his earthly kingdom. He didn't accept what Jesus told him. Jesus used this to go into another point. And he told his disciples, if any man will come after me, any man, and that would include his disciples, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. These are just a few of the uh, central points of the events that took place as Jesus made his way to Calvary. We would consider them historic events. And if we follow the storyline a little bit more into the New Testament, we don't want to leave Peter where we left him. We found out within a relatively short period of time that Peter got on board 100%. His whole heart was into the gospel. Uh, He received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he stood up and he preached and, and 3,000 people were saved. And that was the beginning to his, of his ministry. Uh, Peter was involved 100%. And God is looking for that uh, from us here tonight. It seems like we may be so far removed from uh, the events of Calvary, 
Uh, we were not part of uh, the, the, this group of disciples, but we're part of the family of God. Uh, we're included in God's plan for the ages that, that all should come to repentance, that all should be saved, that all would experience a, a life forgiven, a forgiveness, forgiveness from sin. The question is, are, are we in the gospel a 100%? Are we here? Are we with the Lord on this? Are, are we willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him? That question is relevant tonight. It's been re- relevant all through history. And it's especially relevant here tonight to the church. The other night, I, I heard Brother Dwayne testify. And I've heard him testify many times. And um, it kind of registered in my heart. When he, he said he, when he came to church that first time and the preacher asked him a special question or asked the audience and, and, and the question was, who are you serving? And he was able to answer the question with an honest heart. He says, I knew I wasn't serving the Lord. And that's the first step towards salvation is an honest heart, acknowledging uh, that we are in sin, acknowledging that we need help from the Lord. And I think that's a, a good question still tonight. Who are you serving tonight? What price are you willing to pay to neglect, neglect salvation and put it off till a later time? There's a price to pay. What price are you willing to pay when will you pray for salvation, if not now? And why not pray tonight? God will hear the prayer of a heart hungry for him. God will save you tonight if you need to be saved. God can look down and see into your heart. We can't do that. We can extend the invitation, and we do, and we will pray with you and pray for you and support you 100%. But you need to take that step, that first step. Confess your sin to the Lord, the Bible says. Believe in your heart. Repent of your sin. Ask the Lord for mercy. And he will abundantly pardon. God will do that for you tonight should you need salvation. God sees the other needs that you have in your life. Again, we don't know what they are, but God knows what they are. He can see down and God cares for you. God cares and wants to meet the needs that you have in your heart and your life, even tonight. God has the answer for you. The problem sometimes seems so great that we have in life. We don't, we don't even know what the, the future holds, what tomorrow holds. But our future, our tomorrows are in God's hands. And he will see us through to victory. God will answer prayer tonight. Do you have a need from the Lord tonight? Come to the altars and pray. Come pray where you are. But just cry out to the Lord with an honest heart. Uh, He will hear your cry and he will answer your prayer.